Hi, this is Flita with Women Ministering. Today is December 31st, 2019. And today we are going to be talking about choosing a guiding word for 2020. It's almost here, so <laughs> it's about time to choose that guiding word. You can find this blog at womenministering.com and just search for choosing a guiding word and it'll be right there for you so that you can look at it and read it and go over the scriptures. So I want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought about choosing a guiding word for 2020? Um, this is something that I started as an annual practice many years ago in a church we were attending and I've continued to practice it. Every year in January, we would do a corporate fast and seek God for a word for the year. And it really was a wonderful way to start the year. You could also add your resolutions or whatever you choose to do, but that one word was kind of your foundation for the year. I actually changed that a little bit and started doing it at the end of one year in preparation for the coming year. And for this year, I've already chosen my guiding word for 2020. Now, the first thing to do in choosing a guiding word for the year is to follow the admonition in Proverbs 16:3, And I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Then every plan you make will succeed. And I think that's just a great scripture because it helps us not to be too nervous about choosing a guiding word. You don't really have to fret over it. It's not something that's going to make or break your life, but it could be something that will help you and just give you a little foundation for the year, something to go back to when things are tough or when you're questioning what your direction is. You can go back and say, no, you know, God gave me this word and I'm just going to stick with that. And so don't be nervous about it. God can guide you and give you the word. So the first thing to do is just to seek God. Pray and ask him to help you to determine a guiding word for 2020. Now he might not tell you the word right at that moment. Sometimes he has us go on kind of a treasure hunt with him. So rather than being frustrated, um, just keep looking and listening. Don't make the process hard. It's just a first step, and if you really want to hear from him, he's not that easily discouraged. He'll help you. And I want to encourage you, God is big enough that if you tell him that you would like to have a guiding word for the year, that's a good thing. He's going to give you good things. If he doesn't give it to you right at the first moment that you ask him, that's okay. Just keep asking. And it doesn't have to be any wildly spectacular thing. It can be very simple. Another thing that you can do is review. Review the past few months or the past year. Um, what have been some predominant lessons or words uh, from God for that year? Perhaps there are one or more words that come to mind, or maybe there's something in your heart that you were not sure about. Maybe it's just something that's kind of rumbling back there and you you haven't really paid attention to it but it doesn't go away. So what is it? Um, it might help if you just started writing some things down as they come to mind and as you're praying. And don't be careful. Just write. 
And you can sort through all of it later. You can narrow down, cross out, get rid of duplicates, whatever you need to do. But search deep inside your hopes and dreams, your visions, and there's probably a word there somewhere. Now here's some more scripture for you to consider as you pray and meditate. Proverbs 16.9 says, Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps to get there. So what a great reassurance that we can plan, we can pray, we can choose things and set plans, and then we can trust that he will choose the steps we take to get there. That is a wonderful promise. Isaiah 32.8 says, A person of honor has honorable plans, and his integrity gives him security. So we have security because of the integrity of our heart. We're seeking after God. We want to follow him. We want to go where he leads us. Habakkuk 2.2 in the voice says, Write down this vision. Write it clearly on tablets so that anyone who reads it may run. That's a reassurance that we can write out our visions, our dreams, our hopes. Write it down and make it clear, and then you can run with it, knowing that God will guide your steps. Jesus believed in planning. Luke 14, 28 in The Voice says, Just imagine that you want to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to be sure you have enough to finish what you start? Jesus understood that there's planning involved in our lives. Romans 12.2 in The Voice says, Do not allow this world to mold you into its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. As a result, you will be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. Now there's another promise. As long as we're honestly seeking God with our heart, He will reward us and he will um, give us the ability to discern his will. Philippians 4.8 in the voice says, Finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. Fill your mind with all those good things that you've been hoping for, dreaming about, Maybe some wild and crazy things that you're just thinking, oh my goodness, that could never happen. But God wants those things to happen in your life. And so let yourself dream. Psalm 20 verse 4 in the voice says, May he grant the dreams of your heart and see your plans through to the end. God wants to work with you. He wants to give you a life-building word. After all, this word can help you, but it can be changed, and it's only meant to help you in the coming year. The wrong word won't do you any harm unless it's something negative. This is a life-building exercise, and while you want to seek and follow God's will, if he doesn't speak anything in particular to you, then it's quite possible that he's fine with whatever you choose. This is meant to be a source of joy, not pressure or worry. So just relax, have fun, and find a word for the year. Use the word, that word that he gives you or that you feel like is the one that um, is just, just makes you come alive when you think about it. 
Use that word to create a vision. Whatever your plans are for the coming year, you need to be able to put them into words and create a readable vision. When God gives vision, um, it's meant to bring clarity and direction to our lives. Here's what happens without a clear vision. Proverbs 29:18 in the voice says, when there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. So it helps us just to have little things that guide us along the way. So as you pray and write, commit it all to God. Don't wait for flashing lights or words written on the wall. You know, sometimes we become paralyzed waiting for God to speak, thinking that we can't move if he doesn't. A man once taught something in our church about this. Um, he started talking to us about a guided missile. A guided missile is directed by a system that's far away from it. If the missile's on course, there's always a green light shining that, you know, it's on course. No one has to do anything as long as the light's green. If the missile begins to wander off course, a red light appears, and then corrections are made to get the missile back on the right course. Most of the time, we have a green light from God. If we get off course, he has a lot of ways of speaking to us. He has his own flashing red lights that he can use and get us back where we belong as long as we're willing to follow what he wants. He uses our conscience. He uses the voice of the Holy Spirit along with his written word. He uses circumstances. He uses other people. He is so big. So remember that he's big enough to get you back on track as long as your heart is set on being there in his track. So if you've prayed and waited and he's silent, don't be paralyzed. He knows you don't want to do the wrong thing. And again, he's so big that you can't stop him from taking care of you unless you reject him. And it's highly unlikely that you're going to do that. So relax and move forward with your word and your plans. Remember Proverbs 16:9. People do their best making plans for their lives, but the eternal guides each step. You can make your plans. You've submitted yourself to him to do his will, and he's promised to guide you and keep you, never leaving you. So start writing out your plans based on your word for the year. Turn your word and vision into goals. Take an action. In order for your word to bear fruit in your life, it needs to be made into an action. Goals require actions to achieve. Goals need to have at least two parts, specific and measurable. So for instance, let's say your word is prayer. Then you specify that you want to pray daily for five minutes or pray five days a week for five minutes. Maybe you want to combine it with Bible journaling. So one goal would be to purchase a journaling Bible before whatever time you've set for, your, uh, for this to start. You can get some colored pens or pencils if you want. And then your second goal is to read one scripture per day, journal, and then pray for five minutes or ten minutes or however long you've determined. You just turned your word into a goal and an action. So instead of just thinking about prayer for the next 365 days, 
you have a specific plan of action for your word. What's your vision for how this is going to change your life? What's your why in this? What will it do for you? Why does it matter? Write out the answers to those questions and you'll have the beginning of a vision. This year, I started, in two, well, in 2019, I started Women Ministering for women who are ministering and serving the body of Christ, sharing God's love. In November, I began doing my planning for 2020 because without a plan, um, I write without any clear vision of what I'm trying to accomplish, and that isn't productive in relationship to the people I want to reach and what my overarching goal is. So I purchased a goal planner. It's beautiful. I love the planner. Um, it just inspired me to use it by how beautiful it is. It's well made, filled with tools and ways to not only set out my goal and vision for women ministering, but also for myself. And both are important. The one I bought is called the 2020 Power Sheets Goal Planner from a place called Cultivate What Matters. And the power sheets are the foundation of that planner. So if you're interested, go to the blog and just follow the link to cultivate what matters and look it over in more detail. Um, it was a rather expensive planner, but for me it's been worth every penny because it guides you step by step, includes personal needs along with other goals and visions that you might need to find. They even have videos to guide you through every step. Now that may not be the planner for you, but it's just an example and you can start with that and find one that works best for you. While you can type or do whatever works for you, I want you to write out the vision. I like to physically write it up down. I like to take up pen and paper because I think it does something really beneficial for us in regard to goal setting, planning, creating a clear vision for ourselves, and in many areas of our lives. So as you write out what that word is, you write out your thoughts, God's thoughts, scripture, your vision and dreams, goals that you have for yourself, your family, work, church, spiritual needs, physical needs, or any other area, you will begin to clarify your vision. I'm also an author, and when you write a book, the first thing you do is called a rough draft. And that process has been referred to <laughs> as throwing up on paper. Now, it's not a lovely picture, but it gives you the idea. A rough draft is where you just start pouring out everything that's inside of you about this book that you want to write. You don't worry about form or style. You just start writing and you keep writing. The first few paragraphs that you put out will probably be thrown away. But as you continue to write, you just naturally begin to narrow things down to your true message and it evolves out of that process of just writing and writing. You then go back and you begin the process of editing and rewriting and what you're doing is refining the message um, for that book. Now you can do things with goal setting like using the SMART method um, which S stands for specific, M stands for measurable, A for attainable, R for relevant, and T for time bound. 
So it's significant, meaningful, action-oriented, rewarding, and trackable. And that's a really good thing um, to do. I believe that we need more than just that. And you're going to see some blogs that will explain a little bit more than that. I believe that you need your why in that. Why am I doing this? This specific thing, what does it mean to me? How does it apply to my life? Who am I going to benefit? There's just more to it than just writing out something that's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Those things are all an important part of it, but your why is the most important thing, I believe, and I think that your guiding words sort of brings you to that. So you can use that method to create your goals and expand on whatever your word is going to mean to you and how it will be implemented in your life. But the word is not worth much unless you're going to create a plan of action and make it a part of your daily life. Also, you can let that guiding word protect you from diversions. One diversion is the tyranny of the urgent. One of our greatest enemies can be the tyranny of the urgent. Someone calls you, they're in a crisis, they need you, they need you right now. And you know, sometimes that's true. They really do need you right now, but not always. It may seem that way to them, but truthfully, you also have a life you have to protect and care for. There are some people who are constantly needy. I used to run an organization working with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, and I had to set a boundary on everyone else's crisis. I had to set times for myself when they were forced to go somewhere else for that particular crisis. Now, if it was a genuine life-threatening crisis, I was there. But there are some people who are just constantly needy, and no matter how often you help, it's never enough, and their life never really changes and improves. The tyranny of the urgent causes you to put aside other plans and personal needs, or even to subvert the goals and visions that God gave you. It isn't just people. It can also be activities, jobs, desires, shiny things, good things that can draw us away from where we should be. And so one of the purposes of that guiding word is to anchor you, to bring you back to where you should be instead of floating off um, somewhere that you shouldn't be. We can't enable others by following diversions. Now, I'm not advocating selfishness or saying that we should put everyone off. However, we are not to live in everyone else's crisis. So we must learn to set boundaries and times. And again, some emergencies require immediate attention, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. We don't have to do a favor to a person who's chronically in crisis by enabling them to continue using us. Sometimes we have to put time restrictions on those people, no matter how loudly they may protest to you or what spiritual language they may use to induce guilt. And for Christians, that's a very important point. Sometimes people use the word against us to create guilt. That isn't God. And so don't allow that to sway you or to get off track. 
Let your vision guide you and keep you on God's path for you. A clear word, vision, and goals will help you to say no to certain situations that are going to divert you unnecessarily. We need a structure that allows us to say no, including to ourselves. When someone comes to you begging you to lead a group or lead an area because of some crisis, you need to let them know that you're going to pray and you'll get back to them. Don't allow that urgency to push you from the path God has shown you. Of course, if God says to do it, then you do it. But be careful. Utilize your word, your vision, your goals, your plans, and your dreams to keep you on track and strengthen you in avoiding a diversion. All of that combined with prayer and listening to his voice. That applies to our everyday lives as well. Urgency is everywhere, and the enemy uses it to derail you. Again, if God says to turn right when the map said to go left, you go right. However, don't let someone or something else use spiritual terms to convince you that they are God's new voice for your life. Guilt can cause us to do things we should never have gotten involved in. So remember, you prayed for a guiding word. Let the word, goals, and vision be an active and guiding part of you every day of your life. Constantly submit it back to God. Make adjustments where necessary because our life circumstances may take over for a time. But don't let that discourage you. Look at your word and goals and figure out how to re-implement them in the new situation. Life happens. Things come along that we could never have anticipated. God knows, and it's okay if we have to make adjustments in our plan. I've given you seven steps for choosing a guiding word, and I pray that they're helpful for you and that they set you on a course for new success in every area of your life. And by the way, my new word for 2020 is new, and I'm already putting it into action. You can find out by listening what's to what's new for women ministering in 2020. It's actually a video that will be up on the website very soon. And I thank you so much for uh, being part of Women Ministering. Please let me know if I can pray for you or help you in any way. You can find my email on the Women Ministering website. That's womenministering.com. And I will see you again very soon. Thank you and goodbye.